When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. And this is the last of our off-season episodes. And this time, we have decided to talk about love without borders. Hi, Aid. How are you? Hi, Tane. I'm great. How are you getting ready for the holidays? By listening to Christmas music and randomly going to the store in the middle of the day to find things that that don't need. <laughs> I mean, you holiday people are fill me with awe and wonder because listening to Christmas music, watching Christmas movies, I not not a thing that I can say I partake in. I I limit my Christmas movies because I don't like them very much. But in terms of music, I'm a little bit behind this year. Usually I would start on like November 15th. Um, <laughs> um, but I just, uh, I love watching a tree or going to look at some lights. I want to look at as many lights as possible during the holiday season. Mm-mm. I mean, we need balance in the world. I went into the office today and did not know that our design team was having a Christmas party. And I was told that I could crash. And their manager is like so into Christmas. Like everyone had to wear sweaters. She went all out. We had a white elephant where she bought all the elephants. <laughs> like no one she had to buy all the gifts. Yeah, all the gift cards. And she made like games that were so fun. She went and Googled like, oh, it, it, you had to guess like just with emojis what the Christmas song was. And she Googled all of them and got it. And she was so into it. And our C- our CMO was like, wow, like, I just wish I had half your Christmas spirit. Because <laughs> the CMO and I are on the same page. We're like, oh, we don't. He's like, my wife wants people around. I don't. Why do I have to socialize? Why do I? I'm like, I'm with you, sir. But yeah, she had enough for all of us. But it was fun. And that's the thing. Like, it wouldn't be something I would be so gung-ho about. But just seeing her so happy about it. I had to give her a hug, and you know how I feel about hugs. I feel like sometimes you have to, like, for me, I'm not willing to do as much work. Like, I went to my office holiday party last week, and it was amazing. Um, I work for the government, so my idea of amazing might not be the same as everybody else's. Um, <laughs> we can't take y'all's money to have a party. Just leave it there, So, which means that we have to pay for everything ourselves. And, like, the person who organized it just did so much work and decorated beautifully, and it was a wonderful party. And I appreciate the people who do that stuff. I can only do about 50% of that. (laughs) 
And I mean, there's so many other things that people would say, eh? Because I've been to some of your parties. Um, remember the party you had that was what was it with the German twist? Yes, I, my German Christmas market themed Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, Aid is a Christmas baby. Happy birthday, Aid. Thank yeah. you. Uh, okay, yeah. Belated. But um, yeah, I, I would never do that. <laughs> so and to you, you're like, oh, I just woke up today and just decided to do that, but I, I would never do that. So um, yeah, so something for everyone, but that's great. That's what makes the world go around. Um, before we jump in, not a lot going on in our former maps people as we count down to map 16, but a couple of updates. I mean, it would appear that Justin has a new girlfriend. My tone is going really high because Aid has planted the seed. Aid doesn't think it's real. <laughs> I think that he wanted to save some face. And so he's calling the first person who he could talk to after the end of the show, our girlfriend. It will last five minutes and it will be over very, very soon. But you know what? <laughs> A year from now could be time for their wedding. I know I was wrong, but that's my theory for now. <laughs> And the thing is, he's never actually like come right out and say it. He's just been posting some pictures. Or, no, he's posted things in his stories that he was with her um, and just hanging out one time they were in bed and he was showing her something on the phone. But then she, he reposted her posting flowers from my love. And I guess we're supposed to assume. And then he just never said anything about it. But he's still plugging his podcast. He asked for um topics people would want to hear about so again good luck to justin we'll see if they make an appearance or he makes an appearance in the kickoff special (laughs) is his podcast available where podcasts are available last i saw i think he said youtube and that he's trying to figure out how to get it on spotify what my guess is when you start a podcast you have to find a way to get it distributed And sometimes it takes longer to get approved and then says, oh, it's okay to distribute. So maybe he launched before he got the approval or the verification. Oh, okay. This seems like a very well thought out plan from Justin. (laughs) I thought you were serious. So that's my guess. I'm a hater and I don't care. Mainly because I I think I'm like, but we have a podcast and like Tane did all the work. So I can't really say this, but I'm just like, it wouldn't. (laughs) We didn't advertise a podcast and then say, oh, you can't get it. (laughs) Well, okay. I need to, I keep saying every week that I'm going to check, but I will go ahead and just check and see if that's solved and where his podcast can be found. Um, Lindy and Miguel, Nate and Stasha, still no word. They're still posting separate stories. Stasha is spending a lot of time at Home Depot. So there's not a lot (laughs) going on on there. And I just... Curious to see how long this is going to go on. Um, Speaking on the trailblazer, um, the trip that was keeping us holding on with Miles and Karen in Dubai for the new year, Karen is still going on it because she mentioned something about hairstyle ideas or something about Dubai's Christmas is next week or something like that. So she's talking about it. So she's still going. Jamie Otis posted a video earlier today day or maybe it was yesterday and i'm just seeing it because the algorithm on instagram is kind of weird um just speaking i mean she posted herself crying and saying that she just didn't want to post all the good like instagram could give the illusion that you're doing well and she just wanted to post it some other sides and she's just struggling 
And she can't blame postpartum depression because her baby is two and a half years. And she just wanted to give light to it because of the death of Twitch. That, you know, it's easy to think everything's going well, but there's a lot of people suffering and she just wanted to be honest. Um, I mean, all sentiments aside for Jamie and also, you know, rest in peace Twitch, that that was very, that, that was very shocking for me. But also, I mean, depression and mental health issues do not show themselves on your forehead. There's no sign that says anything. So I just hope that she gets the help um, that she needs because this is something that she's been struggling with for a long time so and i also um i would love for jamie to know that you can have postpartum two and a half years you can be you can there's no like you said depression presents itself in many different ways and i just yeah as a society we have to like not hold anybody to any type of weird standards Mm -hmm. so yeah so nothing that major and the season is coming soon and we will go back to regularly scheduled programming and doing deep, deep dives on what's going on with the past participants. That's all I got. All right. On to our episode of Love Without Borders. You guys, this is another kinetic show. Um, it is on Bravo, though, which is interesting. I think this is the first time a kinetic show has been on Bravo. So good for them for breaking into that network. The premise of the show is very hazy. We take elements from 90 Day Fiance. We take elements from Married at First Sight. We take a little bit of elements from, I don't know, the. I guess those two. I'll just say those Wait, two. Wait, there's three. You know what? Because I wrote exactly what you're saying and I was like, yes, we're on the same page. But the third show I had was Million Dollar Matchmaking. Really? Yes. <laughs> because there's a matchmaker involved. <laughs> See, I, I took the matchmaker to be like an expert. Hmm. But you're right. Those three shows are all represented on this show. I don't know who Erica Angelo is. I sure did Google her. She's the sole matchmaker. Now, should matchmaking be a solo endeavor or a group project like maths? Well, it's not working out for maths. <laughs> <laughs> do we believe that Erica Angelo did any matchmaking or did casting do it? Because I am of the belief that casting did it. I... That's the element of maths they took from. (laughs) (laughs) I had so many questions about this show because I'm like, it's international. It could be anywhere in the world. How on earth do you find someone that's willing to take someone into their home for however long, 90 days, because most visas uh, as a U.S. citizen is 90 days, and then go through this process? How do you find these people? I, I mean, some of them are clearly Instagram thirsty. <laughs> yeah. um, but I also, I'm like, is this the same thing as maps? Like, I'll just try anything for love. But I also didn't believe these people when they're like, I gave, I sold my house. I gave up everything to go move across the world to be with someone who I haven't met. I'm like, surely nobody's this stupid. Please, Lord, don't let anybody be this stupid. I had that thought, but I think we underestimate how lonely people are in this country. Like people selling real estate? would do anything like listen i i spoiler alert i'm gonna jump ahead i love this show i don't (laughs) i don't i don't think i expected it i just really thought it would be i don't know why i thought it'd be lowbrow not lowbrow because kinetic doesn't really do it in fact the lowest brow of their shows might be maps definitely (laughs) like love is blind and everything else is shot like the hills and then maps is shot like 
Shot like it came from the original network, FYI. Like, like a panoramic. But I, I I, truly, truly enjoyed this show, but I also think these people are nuts because it is too extreme. I was going to ask you, like in the beginning when I started, I just wrote down, I'm going to ask Aid, which would you do, maths or this show? But I, I don't even think it's a valid question. I, how would anyone pick this show over maths? I actually... This show, what, what the element for me that is missing is that the stakes aren't high enough. First off, I just don't believe that everybody packed up and moved and everything. Um, so it's like you kind of flew across the world to go on a date to see how it goes. Girl. The investment is not there. So I feel like this is a safer option than maths. Aid, again, respectfully disagree, quitting your <laughs> job and... Quote unquote. Okay, depending on if it's true or not, let's go with what they said on the show. If you sell your home, if you leave the comfort of your home, like this is why I can't do this show. I'm a creature of comfort. I would pay or do anything just to be comfortable. I don't even stay in Airbnbs because just the fact that I know it's somebody else's home that's been lived, it's just not comfortable for me to do that, to live somewhere else that you've never been for 90 days. That is as high stake <laughs> to me. <laughs> that, you're right. Because I'm the same about creature comforts. I have given up on Airbnbs for different reasons. But I I just, you're right. The whole where are you going to live and where are you going to sleep part, I think I kind of forgot about. But I also, what I kind of like about this cast is for the most part, they seem to have the spirit of adventure. Um, and I really appreciate how a lot of them are like responding to their new environment. But is it the spirit of adventure or the spirit of loneliness? <laughs> I didn't get adventure because everyone was just bitching about one thing or the other thing. I mean, it's pretty bold, but to me, just being on a reality show is bold. So, you know, my measuring stick is different. But also, they have to leave immediately. That's just, it's too much. I can't believe they found people to do this show. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, but back to your point, you know, the misery and the loneliness. I mean, we literally have the Surgeon General of the United States saying there's a loneliness epidemic in the United yeah. States. But the loneliness epidemic is not with the demographic that is on this show. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think the demographic is not being honest about the loneliness. But I do think there's a shift in the world where there's so much going on that a lot of people are not even open. And a lot of people are not even honest with themselves about if they are lonely. Talk us of saying it out loud that they are lonely. True, but, true. you know, yeah. But anyways, um, I I just had questions. Like, also, the fact that they leave immediately, how true is that? Because, what? I could not pack in five minutes or whatever the things that they do. I know I'm traveling, and it still takes me a week. I put out my suitcase and put one item at a time, and sometimes unpack and then pack again. So, I don't know and how the, they did that. And then homegirl was like, they showed us the text when she was in the car talking about, oh, my friend is going to go take care of my dogs. That just didn't quite ring. Well, I mean, they tell them that whenever I show up, you're going to have to leave. So we saw that scene where she told her friend, thank you for taking care of my dogs. So the only thing that was questionable to me was she said she was going to sell her home. I was like, your home in California? What? (laughs) (laughs) And then when she left, did she leave from that same home? Exactly. She supposedly was, "Mm -mm." mm-mm. That was where I had a question. And then the other question that I had was, do they only match with countries where you don't need a visa to be there? Because that would be a process, right? To get a visa. 
Yes, and they'd have to give you the passport, and then you have to sign forms when you're applying for a visa. So that probably was a restriction. Like, you can only visit for as long as you can visit for. And then I love how they're like, and then after your visa's up, you just got to sort of figure yourself out. Yeah, so they can only match you with someone who's in a country that doesn't require you to have a visa to <sighs> come in. So, um, well, what do you think about the show? You haven't <laughs> shared. There's a vibe to it that I like. Um, but so far, these people are just a bit too normal. Um, oh. <laughs> we're just four episodes in. Think of it as the wedding and honeymoon season. Like next week, we're getting fights. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna hold out, and I probably I'm gonna probably I'm gonna keep on watching because I do I like the premise of the show, and I enjoy. It's the same reason why I like 90 Day Fiance the other way. I love watching people in different countries live. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just it's a to me it's a little bit boring so far. <laughs> oh God, I really like it. <laughs> I think I texted you. I was like, I love this show. Oh, and what did you share with me? Unfortunately, people don't no share that sentiment. <laughs> and the ratings are not growing. There, I mean, I think, but I think this is not unique to this show. I think Bravo was having a bit of a problem developing new shows, especially mm. new non housewife shows. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. I know it gets to a point where almost like if you want to sell a show, you have to go on Netflix now <laughs> because Netflix has a lot of shit and yet people still watch because it's just a Netflix. It's just what we do. So yeah, I wonder if they will continue relationships with Kinetic now. So. I feel like they probably wanted their own love is blind. <laughs> this is yeah. not quite what they got. Yeah. it's not, And they are promoing the hell out of it. Every other show. Want to find the love of your life? I found you a match! Yeah! But it makes sense because, like, Love is Blind and 90 Day Fiance are doing so well. And I could totally understand Bravo being like, we won on this train. Mm -hmm. But this is not quite like the other Bravo shows. So that's probably why it's not going so well. But yeah. But they're doing the right thing. They need to find what the next thing is because, Mm -hmm. like, the rumblings are housewives fatigue and all that kind of stuff. You need to stop looking for your backup now. So now's the time to do the trial and error. Um, for whatever they're looking for. So, um, okay. All right, guys, we will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Back and we are going to talk about each of the couples that we have met so far. Um, and I think this is all the couples we're going to have. So we meet the matchmaker Erica, who sort of explains the concept of the show, and then we go into meeting our couples, in, starting with Gerline from San Diego. Um, she's the one who said she was selling her house, leaving her dogs, 
Uh, Gurleen tells us that she only dates tall white guys, but she lets us know that she has Indian parents. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that later. <laughs> um, okay, deep tea. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should feel sorry for these girls or I don't know. Um, so Erica, the matchmaker, hangs out as we referenced before she like will hang out she comes to you she's like it's time to go and then you have to pack um erica i'm sorry girlene like freaks out has to have an off-camera moment with erica while she's packing but she eventually gets her stuff together they go to the airport and then outside the airport is where erica tells her where she's going she's going to dubai um she has 12 weeks on her visa they say and i don't know if that's 12 weeks as an American with no visa, or if they actually went through the process to get her a visa, which I doubt. But anyway. You don't need a visa. Um, well, depending on what kind. But I think that's why I was guessing. For the most part, for most countries, it's 90 days. Isn't that 12 weeks? No? 90 days is three months. Yes, which is about, yep, that's 12 weeks. So yeah, yeah. okay. So, Gurleen sits on her long-ass flight to Dubai um sorry can we go back i was excited for her once it was dubai i was like oh i can do dubai (laughs) like okay there's not gonna be like a language barrier and i could go there and i like that erica was like she had mentioned that what california didn't have was not a lot of diversity but then i was like so this is where at this point i was confused like was girlene dating only white men because that's all there was and she wanted to go beyond or not or vice versa i can't really take somebody seriously who says there's no diversity in san diego (laughs) there's no diversity in your group of people that you're hanging out with and dating which i understand it happens but you can't say there's not diversity in san diego (laughs) yes and then even if if you're willing to fly somewhere else that means you're open to a long distance relationship hell start dating someone in houston if that's really what it is. So it's just, it doesn't ring true, but go on with your bad self, girlie. But um, yeah, anyways, Erica just say that she just kind of picked uh, Dubai because of because she said that. So at least she's kind of listening to what they're saying as a matchmaker. Sure. I think <laughs> we'll go through all the couples and we'll analyze Erica's job performance with each one. <laughs> So far, so far. So, Kerline gets to Dubai and she's given an, she gets it, she has an address. Everybody has an address and they're supposed to just go. Um, so she goes and the door is answered at the residence that she's been sent to and there's a beautiful girl behind the door. <laughs> and this poor girl is like, what, what is this? Am I in Sister Wives? What happened? <laughs> Um, and then we quickly find out after a long commercial break for drama that she's meeting Shreya and Shreya lives with his whole family, his sister, his mom, and his dad. Is there a brother too? Uh-uh. Okay. So it's just his sister, his mom, and his dad. Yeah. Sh- Shreya is a fashion buyer and a model. And he has the unfortunate trait, I believe, that he looks really good in pictures, but not so much in person. <laughs> That's right. I said it. <laughs> um 
So while he lives in Dubai, Shreya is Indian. And we find that out because he says so. Um, his family is super sweet, very nice. They pop champagne to welcome her. Um, she says that he's good looking. And then the next episode, she says she's not attracted to him. And I kind of thought they were doomed. Oh, I missed that. Because I kept thinking about, it doesn't seem like she's attracted to him. Or is this the part where she said that she only dates white dudes again? Yes. Okay. Okay. But yeah, his family is super nice and super welcoming. And it's just also a bit much for her. She's like, I mean, now in like, I know what she was, I understood exactly what she was saying when she's like, I came here to date. And instead now I'm in like family auntie uncle mode. Yeah. I I would be absolutely overwhelmed <laughs> by that. Even though they are very nice. Yeah. There's a whole discussion where his dad shows her pictures of him as a model where once again he looks very attractive and she's like, why does his dad have his modeling pictures so quickly? I was like, I don't think it's that weird. I think it's weird. <laughs> I thought it was weird. I was like, hello, abs, but why did he have his ab pictures very ready to go? There is a comment that she made when you know she found that, that where his tribe is from and she goes yeah they're nice but it reminds me because i don't trust indian men and this is where i questioned so were you dating white men because you don't trust indian men and we don't get context we don't get context as to why she doesn't trust indian men or anything and here's my thing everybody's allowed to date whoever they want to date we had this conversation on my other podcast and uh, the sex in the city one where we said, what is the difference between a preference and a fetish? And you know, the, the, the agreement we came to, like we find it wary when someone only dates one race and you're not attracted to your kind. I, I just, there's some, there's something to unpack there. Yeah. So something off about it, but it's also, you know, that's the whole preference fetish thing. It's really hard to pinpoint that line. And it's, I mean, part of me is also like, you have a problem, but like within yourself, but let's but, hope it stays your problem instead of like coming out to shit on the rest of your community. But I think the line would be when you exclude particular races and you only exclusively date one kind. That's a fetish. Okay. Well, I th- well, to be fair, we're using the Kardashians. <laughs> as a is it a fetishization or is it really a preference but yeah but for her but even with girlene besides that i think that's one of the things but i feel like girlene was not ready for this show man that's a lot (laughs) i mean girlene should have said send me to a white man if that's all she wanted yeah (laughs) and and i think they should have given us more insight into the matchmaking process even though that would make it more like maps but let's know did she absolutely say i want to date because that's what i understood when erica said there's no diversity did she say i want to date someone of indian descent i was not getting that vibe from anything she said so i'm like (laughs) this is what i mean by we have to evaluate erica on each couple because i don't know if this was good matchmaking or maybe (laughs) she lied to herself i don't know yeah or she lied to erica yeah. Okay. So in episode three, we have a lovely cultural ca- clash, which was so interesting to me. So Shreya takes 
Gurleen to a party with his friends. They party, they drink, they have a good time. Then at the end of the night, there's plates, there's dirty plates. And it turns into this whole thing because Gurleen from America, probably not used to household help, wants to pick up the plates and take them inside. And the other people at the party are like, how dare she? And Shreya is like, no, you shouldn't do that. And then she just does it. <laughs> it's like, mm. I sort of understood it um, intellectually, but I didn't really get it. Why is it such a big deal? Hmm. And I under also understand. So there's like dynamics at play in certain parts of the world where having household help is like, A, in a lot of parts of the world, it's a lot cheaper than it is in America. And B, it's considered like you're creating jobs. So if you clean yourself, then that means that the person, you're taking a job away from someone who actually needs it. I don't think Dubai is that place. But I think that's what they were all saying though. Okay. So I did understand that situation correctly. (laughs) I think that's what they were all saying. And I think in Real Housewives of Dubai, it is that place. A lot of them had house helps. Yeah, but I mean... Do people in Dubai have, well, Dubai has all sorts of like, and Qatar, where the World Cup was, have the same issues in that they import a bunch of non-native people, which America's the same kind of, to do this kind of stuff. And it's like, do these people need the job or is this exploitation? I mean, again, it's where do you draw the line? Because the people that do the jobs, it's international. So it's kind of like if someone is like, let's use Nigeria, and you're like, you have the opportunity to go be a help for a family, they're going to be grateful because they're going out of something and earning some kind of money. And it all depends on the family that you get where are they treating me well? Like this is a job or are they just exploiting me? And the concept of like, I know in Nigeria, there's a like, we have like a house girl, but the other part of a house girl is you're supposed to pay for her education, like almost like an au pair, right? Not not necessarily. It just depends on how they choose to get paid. I think it's a choice of the family you live with if they choose to do that for you, but it's not like set in stone that you have to do that. All this to say, Gurleen's from the West and she's bringing a Western perspective to this. And it's so fascinating because I'm not sure anybody in this fight is wrong. Mm, Gurleen was wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think she was wrong with how she responded to it. Listen, I'm not a fan of Gurleen. And like from the beginning, I was just like, oh, this girl is going to be exhausting. And she reminded me of what is Bin's wife's name? Morgan. We get it. You're independent. Like, you know what? Kudos to you. That's great. But when you have it as a personality, it is masking something else that there's no room for anything else. So yes, I also understand that she was drunk and she was taking the plates and she was doing all that. When she was taking it and she was like, oh, okay. But when you see that it's now become a thing and everyone else is making a production, like, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, don't worry about it. You're meeting them for the first time. The same way you're telling them, it's not a big deal. I'm just carrying plates. Let me do it. It's the same way you could look at it like, okay, I could just leave it and walk away. Why can't you do that? And then the way she said it, it was like, just let me do it. I don't care. I don't want, it was rude. It, it was rude. But I feel like they were being rude too. So there was equal parts rudeness. And I also think there's a case for, I am who I am, no matter where I go in the world. And it's hard because there are places where you need to adjust to where you are. And there are some adjustments as a human that you're not willing to make. Yes, so but mm. from her perspective, I was like, I don't care where I am in the world. I'm not going to have someone clean up after me in this context. 
But I don't know. I, I saw both sides. I'm just going to leave it there. I just feel like if she was at a cocktail dinner and the wait, waiters were packing up stuff, is she really going to just stand up and start packing? I don't know. It was disingenuous to me. And I, I just felt like it's just part of the things that she, she spoke a lot about being independent and I don't want anybody doing anything to me, but I don't understand why she wants them to bend, but she can't, you know, just bend a little just for the first time that you're meeting people. But again, I know she's, she claimed she was drunk. So. Yes. By the next episode, this was like a major fight in episode three. And then in episode four, she's like, I had a great time at the party. But Shreya in an interview was like, oh, I was kind of upset with her for picking stuff up and meanwhile she's like oh i don't remember i don't for a second believe that she doesn't remember i don't what i was like this is like housewives where people are just lying getting blackout drunk is not like a normal thing <laughs> it's an event usually involving other things so i just don't believe that she didn't remember or maybe she just remembered it as not as a big of deal as it was that'll give her she, I think she said something like, I said that or I did that. I don't remember that. And I'm like, mm. I just, I don't know. I don't think how Gerlene thinks she's ready for marriage when she wants to be an island. There's just, there was just way too much talk about, I'm used to doing things on my own and I just want things my way. And I just want things that I, I that, I don't know. How do you create room to share your life with someone? I mean, at this point. There is no chemistry between her and Shreya, and they don't even behave like people who are dating. <laughs> I actually think there's potential, funny enough, because I think he has the temperament. Anybody else would have blown that out of proportion, what happened? But he had the wisdom to be like, I don't want to talk about it now. So I think there's something there, but I don't think she's she's fully down for the experience to travel, but she still wants to be comfortable. And sometimes if you want to grow, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. And I don't know how much of that she's willing to do. Fair enough. And talking about comfortableness and yes. So she decides that, which has been a constant theme throughout the time she met him and his whole family, like they need their own space. They can't stay with his parents, which I agreed with a thousand percent. Yeah. So they find an apartment and they get it. And I'm not sure if it's just this couple or all of the couples, but this show is very American focused. The American side of the pair, we meet back in America. We see them go over. We don't meet the other half until they open the door. And the yeah. story seems to be very focused on the American too, because I don't know. I just feel like I barely know anything about Shreya. And this whole thing is just Gerlene's experience. And how does Gerlene feel? And what does Gerlene want? That's because you think it's 90 day fiance the other way. It is about <laughs> Americans in America looking for love in another part of the world. Fair enough. So we don't need to know their side. <laughs> At least to <laughs> me, <laughs> we don't need to know. I think where the show failed is they should have done a math situation and gotten them a shared apartment. Yes, which they then eventually do. Oh, I mean all of the couples. Yes. Yeah, pay for a hotel, spring for something, but... That culture shock on top of like getting to know someone and being out of the depths of your home, it's too much. It's just, I feel like there's too much, trauma sounds like a heavy word. There's just too much change at once that it just seems like your body's not, no human is built for that, that much change. And so if soon. the goal is to allow these people to get to know each other, you've got to remove the barriers. Yeah. Okay. 
so they get their own place, but then they move in. And then he is a little bit disappointed because they move into the new place and she goes to her room and doesn't want to hang out. And he's like, but this is our first night in our new place. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so what are you thinking? What are their odds? Oh, very low. I don't think she's attracted to him. I don't see any chemistry between them. I don't think she's very adaptable. Um, yeah, I just think they have a lot of obstacles. <sighs> I'm, yeah, I think based on what we know right now, yes, I'm with you, but we never know. I don't know. He's been nice to her and then he, she, he agreed to move out and he's trying to make her comfortable and she acknowledged that. So I don't know. Maybe she'll have a breakthrough. But anyways, the next couple was Phil and Carmen. Phil is from Atlanta and he is a <laughs> starving artist. I'm kidding, but really he is a starving artist. And he, hence this whole quit your job, whatever. I don't <laughs> know this one had a job to quit. <laughs> and then he says things like, oh, most people don't want to be with you on the come up. They only want to be with you when you blow. And I'm like, well, I don't know why you're doing this. This doesn't indicate stability, but okay. Phil. Um, Phil's dad is actually famous. He was on a show, Miami Vice. Yes, Am I right? Yes. Yeah. He was on Miami Vice, but his daddy was sowing seeds everywhere. He has 15 siblings. The Nick Cannon of that generation. <laughs> <laughs> See, with social media, he could do it under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> and no one knew. Um, he does have a brother who comes by and they speak to him. And that's how we find out all of these things. Um, when he said, when Erica shows up to his house, he says something like, oh, I needed a haircut. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I just thought he wanted to touch up. I actually, it did not occur to me that he was going to cut off his locks. And I was confused too, but I must say I really liked him without the locks. I thought he looked much better. But you know what made me feel more silly? We've seen him in the confessional before the locks. It didn't even occur to me that he he had a close cropped haircut already in the confessional. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. Um, so when she tells him where he's going to be at the airport and it was Ghana, and he mentioned that that was where his mom was last before she passed away, I kind of like that connection. I, I don't think it. Carmen, um, Arika knew. Well, she claims she doesn't know. So Phil gets to his location. Anybody that's traveling to any country in Africa, it takes forever and a day to get there. Um, but, you know, this is where I think they did him wrong. They got him a taxi. They didn't even get him a taxi that had, an, that had air. <laughs> they said, welcome to Africa. And I think that's unfair. I mean, there are taxis that have ACs. I mean, we have AC, we have air conditioning, we have all of the things that you could have just sprung, even if you had to rent a car. So I don't know what kind of full experience they're trying to give him. So this poor man was hot, just going through the dusty roads, and it was going to take two hours. And if it was going to take two hours, that makes me think that he's not going to be in the city. He's going to be way deep okay. in somewhere that's not as urban as maybe if he was in Accra where the airport is. 
But um, he's just like in awe of them selling everything on the road. And I'm like, yep, that, that sounds about right. Um, Ghana is in West Africa. So they're like neighboring countries to Nigeria. I've been there once when I was little, so I don't remember anything. But yeah, you can pretty much go grocery shopping on road. <laughs> and you can find everything that you're looking for on there. When he said that, I was like, that sounds like what I've heard about Nigeria. But I will say, I always feel like Ghana and Nigeria are similar in many, many ways. They're similar, but I think Ghana is a little advanced in that, I mean, they have 24-7 electricity. <laughs> so <laughs> I heard that. I heard that Ghana is better than Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, for one. I mean, but as usual, it looks like lately the government officials seem to be fucking things up with the Forex and the stuff. And anyways, whole different story. But yeah. Um, they meet, and when I see the gate, and they show the uncompleted building, and that's not so strange in Africa. Like, sometimes the outdoors, when you run out of money, it looks like, you know what? The inside is livable. We're going to do the damn thing and keep moving. So the building outside looked like it wasn't complete, and I was like, what are they? Like, now this is too much. Like, you're not going to give him, like, the comfort of, like, a home home. And when she opened the gate, and I was just as surprised as he was. I was not expecting Carmen. <laughs> Um, but we find out uh, Carmen is biracial. She lived in uh, Austria. She's half Austrian and half Ghanaian. And they seem to have like instant chemistry. And he's taken aback by her. He's smitten. He just thinks that she's gorgeous. And then they go in and she shows him um around the house. Um, Phil is a germaphobe, guys. Phil travels around with his Lysol, his wipes, his everything. And Carmen is like, where do you think you're going to? Like, I mean, we're not that dirty. But <laughs> but they have a good conversation. They laugh. They talk about each other. Then he's like, he needs to take a shower. She shows him the shower. And then there's no shower. And then they make the clown music. And the camera pans to a bucket. Now, to give perspective, guys. There is hot water in Africa. I just, you know, I don't know if this is the storyline. And like I said, she's not in the main city. When I was growing up, not everywhere had like, you know, the hot water tank, but it was there. Like there was a little red light that you had to turn on on the wall and it'll heat up the tank and then hot water will come out. So I don't know. And that was then. So now there is actual hot water. You can take hot water showers. And then even if there wasn't hot water, you could boil water and then mix it in the bucket to make it hot. So I don't know. I didn't. I didn't quite like that. I don't like when they try to sell a story, especially when people don't know. So then you sort of give the impression that this is the truth, you know? I also, like, another thing I noticed is the lack of a shower. But I'm like, when I was growing up in England when I was young, we didn't have a shower. Mm. Like, we had a bathtub and we used the bucket. Yeah. I'm like, when did showers become... Maybe showers in America have been, like, the norm, but... I don't think it's been the same across the rest of the world, the shower business. I don't know. We have showers in Nigeria now. Like, I mean, when I used to go back religiously, which is like a couple of years ago, like going back 10 years, there were showers. But when you were growing up, were there showers? When they were growing up, yes, there were, but they were like really like old fashioned fashion. But I would say what was popular was the handheld ones. The ones that were just, you click it at the at the bottom yeah. of the yeah now that i think about it we might have had those in england but in terms of a fixed shower head at the top of the bathtub we didn't have, i don't recall us having that 
there was some, and sometimes it was like, it, it's similar to the ones that were like, you know, when you wash yourself um, at the pool when you're done, mm-hmm. it was like really old school. They were, they were there, but I wouldn't say maybe they weren't like the norm per se. For the most part, we all showered with a bucket, a bucket and a bowl. Hey, <laughs> I feel like I grew up with a bucket. No, there were showers. I just remembered in my boarding school, there might not be water, but there were shower heads. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> there were shower heads. <laughs> the water might not run and you have to pump it and all that, but there was there were shower heads. So anyways, you guys. Are being... <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get back on track now. Weird. Things have evolved. Um, the other thing was like when he said they don't use rags here. I'm like, they're sponges. Like there's actual like we have our own kind of sponges that we use that actually like scrubs even better than a loofer. But anyways, all besides the point. But it did bring back memories of boarding school. That was how you had to take cold showers. And then when he was taking a shower, I'm like, is the cameraman filming him shower? I mean, we've all seen 90 Day Fiance. They probably hired the same crew, you know? <laughs> this is this is the norm now. We just watch people take showers. Because Phil did make a comment. He's like, there's no way to hide this shrinkage. So <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> what is happening? So then they're talking about different things and she talks about how she likes to go out and he's like, oh, um, I like to stay home. And she's like, that's boring. And I'm like, oh Lord, is this a Justin Alexis situation that we have going on? But I get the vibe from Justin that he's one of those men who thinks that a good girl for a wifey and if you go out, it's too much. And he's one of those people that might ask you how many people have you slept with? I'm not saying that's how he is, but that's the vibe that I get. Um, from that. So they do fun things. Um, she takes him to like a hotel that she likes and they swim around in the water and he's really attracted. And she says she wants to kiss him, but she's not making the first move like a true African woman. She's like, I'm not going to make the first move. And he is not making any moves. And she's like, maybe he shared with her that He's been celibate for four months, so maybe he just feels like he's not ready or it's going to be too quick, so he's just trying to control himself um, on that end. Um, I found it really cute that they went um, roller skating or rollerblading. Yes. I was actually really confused. I like her. I was confused because I'm like, I have felt the chemistry from the moment you guys met each other. You have told this man directly, okay, come on now. And it's still nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I think he... Well... I believe Phil really wants somebody like, you know, for him to have made the changes before. Okay. I should say, I believe (laughs) (laughs) before he came down and all that kind of stuff. So maybe he really was trying to get to know her first. Um, Another coincidence that happened was when they were talking about it, she, I don't know how random or if someone, planted that for her but she mentioned how she used to go to festivals when she was younger and she was like oh my god that's Rita Marley right there and he's like huh funny enough like uh Rita Marley is my godmother and she's like what really oh oh and I'm like oh god I hope this is true because this is yet another sign first the Ghana thing and then now um Rita Marley being the godmother and she'd been there and all that kind of stuff but it made it made sense and I did think it was I thought it was very true it was actually a callback because he said you know he said the thing about how his he said something about the Marleys in like the first episode yes he did 
Okay, yeah. So I was once he said Rita Marley's my godmother, I was like, oh, we're all coming full circle. Well, what I mean by the what is true is like how she randomly just she could have said any singer that she saw at the festival. And she just randomly said, Oh, and I would just say, Oh my god, I'm touching Rita Marley. And that was what made me suspicious. Okay. I'm for, you know, I thought it was very organic. Also because after that. I just believed it was an organic moment because she said something like, we've talked so much about so many things. And he never mentioned that Rita Marley, Rita Marley is his godmother, which That's makes true. sense. I'm like, how, why? Of all the things I would mention to someone who I was talking to, who my godmother is, almost more, less likely if she is a public figure like Rita Marley. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was so normal. I, that was one of my like, oh my gosh, they're just vibing so well. <laughs> That's fair. But also, good things can't last. So the next day, he's eating an orange or something, and she comes out and she's like, yo, when you mentioned that Rita Marley was a godmother, I did one, two, three here. It wasn't hard to find, and you didn't want to share with me your social media. And I found it. And when I saw it, it was just full of thirst traps. And when she says thirst traps, she means thirst traps. Because I thought he was just walking around shirtless. This is like dick print thirst trap level like what are you doing i thought you were a singer why aren't you on there with your guitar or something and that was when i started to question everything <laughs> i was like okay should. everybody does have thirst traps and i'm not gonna lie he's not wrong that she has thirst traps too i also think part of her objection was that she had asked for his social media and he refused to give it to her i just you know, I'm going to ask where you stand on the social media fight because I think him coming from a famous family is a is an insecurity for him. And he said he didn't want to give it to her because he didn't want someone to suddenly be more interested in him because of his history. Um, I buy that. I really do. But I do think it's like it made it seem like he was hiding something. So then when she found it on her own, she's like, this is what you're hiding. But then if he was really hiding it, he would be private. That's true. But I'm like, why couldn't you have deleted all those before you went and met this girl? <laughs> so I think eventually he was going to tell her. I just think two of them are right in their own right. I can see why she would think that he was trying to hide something and he's just here for clout. But I'm just like, if you're going to be for clout, this man is in here taking bucket showers. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, granted, he's, good. he's on a TV show and he could get more clout for his SoundCloud. But she, he's also like trying to be protective of his family because maybe in the past people have thought he was here for something else, but I don't know. But either way, they were vibing really well until this happened. And now I don't know where they stand. They're my favorite couple so far. Yes. Um, so next is Dana from Montana. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that Dana lives in a bus. Um, but we meet her in Montana where she's visiting her dad. Her dad's house is gorgeous. Um, her dad tells her honestly that he does not want her to go to another country and meet somebody. <laughs> but he says it in such a way that's like, this is just a man who loves his daughter. Um, Dana lives in a bus and it's just like, it's a little too twee for me. I'm like, why do you live in a bus? And it also, once again, lends credence to the idea that the people cast for the show are not leaving anything behind. Um, they make Ex it seem like... Sorry? Except uh, Ger Gerline. Yes. It's a tech job. 
But I'm like, did she go on a leave of absence? Could she do that job remotely? I mean, she said she was working remotely. There we go. So what did she leave behind? Nothing. <laughs> Dana, so she we see, we catch her again in Fort Myers, Florida, where her brother lives, and he helps her take out everything from the van, sell it all, and then sell the van. And now she's going to Ireland with all of her worldly possessions in this cow luggage that she has. Dana is a bit of a drama queen, probably perfect for reality TV. She's on the plane crying and hyperventilating and, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm doing. But she, oh, she finds out she's going to Ireland, which I don't know. In terms of like adventurous places, I'm sorry, I've been to Ireland. It's just, I mean, it's Europe. It's, it's not, I don't know. It's not the same as going to like Ghana or Dubai. Yeah, but she's going for love. Anyway, I, I feel disappointed for her. I think that's where it is. Like, I would rather go to a more, more interesting place than Ireland. But I also haven't been to Ghana or Dubai, so maybe that's influencing my, <laughs> the lack of excitement. <laughs> I mean, some people could look at it like they get a shower. <laughs> uh, okay. Um. So she gets off. I mean, but it's also like they also speak... Anyway, Um. they also sent everybody to, like, English-speaking places. Until we get to later. So, so far, Dubai is Dubai. I, I mean, yeah, Dubai is made Dubai is made for everybody. Okay. It's a tourist city and it's like all the cultures in one. It has its own culture, but it's really made to suit wherever you're from. That's where you can fit in. I would like to live in Dubai. And then Ghana, everybody speaks English, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. No one's had to do any... Um, language barriers but that will come up later uh so she goes to ireland she gets off the plane she finds a nice taxi driver i believe he says that he needs to drop her off at a train station or she needs to take a train and then get a taxi whatever she figures it out she gets in a car somehow and she goes to this house it is the cutest little i am in ireland house ever um (laughs) and the door opens and it's a cute guy named brian and he has flowers I, I don't have much to say, Aid, because I don't know why I'm most uninterested in her story. Well, she's drama queen. And it's funny because things are going pretty well for her and Brian. Like, yeah. They were both very attracted to each other. They slept in the same room on the first night in the same bed. Yeah. He made her breakfast. He did all the things. They felt like they were in stars. There's a lot going, but I cannot muster any interest I did find it interesting that they were walking around and she said something about Christmas shopping. And I was like, so this, that means that this was filmed a full 12 months ago. It was because in one of the couples, he mentions, you know, my mom likes to come around the holidays, right? So, yeah. I had to resist. I will say I am into the show enough that I had to resist the urge to go find out who might still be together. Oh, I, I would never do that. It was done. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I don't, much like Tane, Brian and Dana, they're cute. They seem to be getting along. Did I mention he's a chicken and veg farmer, but before farming, he was a salesman. Um, and they're just getting along and going shopping. And at one point I thought they had sex, but no, they're just sleeping in the same bed and cuddling. <laughs> yeah. And his home is nice. <laughs> no, it's cute. It's so cute. It is. Um, he just seems like a gentleman that I'm just waiting. It's like, it feels like an SK situation. Okay. (laughs) Because yeah, he seems like a dream and I'm just like, 
okay, so what is going to be the thing? Because he's very considerate. And she already made a joke about ring shopping. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, calm down, girl. Uh, I think that she'll get a clutter ring before the end of this thing. I mean, we'll see. I mean, and also she seems willing to live on a farm. Can you imagine if this was Gerline that was matched with him? I mean, of course a homeless person is willing to live on a farm. (laughs) (laughs) She's willing to live. She's like a whole house. She's been in a band. That's funny. And her profession is songwriter. Songwriters make money, girl. (laughs) I don't think songwriters make money. I don't know if this one does. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll be right back to discuss the last two couples. All right. And now we are back with Aaron and Mayel. Aaron lives in North Dakota. Um, He's gay. And he says there's not a lot of options. Like usually when he swipes, there's three people and that's it. Um, He lived in California for a little bit. And he met the first love of his life. And it kind of didn't work out. And he was heartbroken. And then he, you know, came back home. And now he works for his brother he's an ophthalmologist yes he, he's an well optometrist um so he's willing to try this he just has to get i was like why don't you just move out of north dakota and go to another state where i mean he tried that and it hurt but you gotta venture out again because i just i mean from what he says there's no possibility of him finding anyone so he just needs to rut broken. It just seems like he's living in a hamster wheel and he's bored and he needs something exciting. I think it was funny when he was telling his family and he was like, they were like, what are you going to do about work? And then he turned to his brother and was like, well, since I work for you, I'm hoping I can get time off. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he found out that he worked for his brother. So um, he goes to the airport and Angelica tells him that he's going to Paris. And he's like, yay, I don't really know much, but I know it's the one that's shaped like a boot. And I'm like, God, our system, our educational system. We need I to like the better. idea, though, that A, he's going to learn that that's Italy. And B, has he left the country before? Like, this is truly <laughs> an adventure for him. <laughs> um. You know, to the premise of the show, it's kind of like, how does Erica just matchmake and abandon? Like, even for the shows that are in the same country, there's some kind of expert. And now you send them all the way. No loved ones, no nothing. And there's no guidance counselor or anything to be with these people. Again, it's extreme. As far I hope as Erica concerned. comes and makes an appearance later on in the season. From what I saw, it was through Skype or something. Oh God! I mean, where's she gonna do? Fly to Ghana, fly to Dubai, fly to that's the planes go there. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's impossible. That's mm. a lot of flying. So, um, he meets his person, knocks on the door. It's Mael, and we already know this is a want wonk because Aaron is really tall, and he's like, "Well, I was expecting someone that was like Thor. Like he's cute, but I was expecting someone like Thor." And I'm like, "Aaron, don't be talking." Because I think Mael is cute. Mael is cute, but I feel like um, in gay parlance, I think that Aaron was looking more for a bear and then he got an otter. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't, good luck to him, but if he's looking for someone that's good and kind, Mael is cute, but he, he does remind me of like an elf on a shelf. <laughs> he's just <laughs> tiny and cute. I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <tiny and cute. laughs> um, 
the one thing that I mean, he showed him around the apartment. If we can call it an apartment, oh my god, it was so tiny. It was again, this is Europe, so their stuff is usually smaller. And the bed just pretty much was the whole <laughs> when Aaron lay on the bed on the floor, it hit the bathroom. That's how tiny you were talking. And this is why I always say, not that there aren't big spaces in Europe, but I remember when um, my friend and I went to Paris and we got a hotel on the, on the online. It was like big. And then we got there, we could barely put our suitcases on one end onto the other. It's just the infrastructure is just smaller. I think we're spoiled as Americans. I'm telling you, every time I go to England, I love it. I'm happy to see people, whatever. But I come back and I just spin around a little and say, space! <laughs> America has space. Space. So um, he made him a meal and he made him like a quiche and he did it like, oh, I could whip that in my sleep and it actually tasted good. And then, you know, Aaron is telling him about how he only eats burgers and pizza and stuff and Mael in the confessional is like and he has a cute little French accent he's like I hope he doesn't have a heart attack while he's here <laughs> thank you for mentioning Mael and his French accent so the other factor of this whole let's go around the world for dating is they could only cast foreigners who speak English, English. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah my thing that stood out to me is after all of that stuff we see everyone else take a shower. I did not see Aaron take a shower. And I'm like, what are you doing? You had dinner, you had all the things. But if you've ever flown long distance internationally, it's disgusting. When you get off the plane, you feel and smell like death. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know why that wasn't the first thing to do. Um, Yeah, I don't think Aaron is into Mael. Um, and it's not because he's not attractive, but they go to the bridge with the locks. And Mael brings out a lock and says he wants them to do a lock. And Aaron is like, yeah, sure. But then tells us, I think everything's moving too fast. Did you think it was too much? I, I No, I, it's a lock. Just be cute. Here's what I don't understand about Aaron. If you were willing to, quote unquote, quit your job, leave your house, go, why wouldn't you just go balls deep and just go in? completely what is there Mael likes you he's willing to show it what is this let's go slow too quick you're living with the person what how much faster can you get very true but as per usual someone who's not suited for something is cast for a tv show for our entertainment a person (laughs) who says things like i just eat burgers and like i eat like an american toddler um goes to france which french food is not that adventurous like for an american and it's just like oh god the food i mean (sighs) yeah he's made for the drama of a show like this but he's not really made for a situation like this like this oh that's very well put and well said um aaron is a little down he says he comes out to the neighborhood and he just is reminded that he's not in america he doesn't speak the language he doesn't know anybody here and he's a little down so Mael takes him out to a restaurant and, and says that he felt his energy and they talk about their, you know, coming out story. And Aaron says how he was so heartbroken from California. And when he called his mom, he just had no one to talk to about it. So I think, again, that plays to what I'm thinking about the loneliness, because how does he not have anyone to talk to about heartbreak? That's usually where you turn to your friends. 
So the fact that he had to call his mom and the mom's only latched onto the first part, which was that he was gay and was dating a man and didn't get past anything else. So I don't think that relationship is completely fixed because it didn't sound like it was unresolved. They're just kind of going through the motions and loving them the best way. His whole story of coming out, he's like, oh, my family is better. Like my mom tried to fix me up with somebody. But it's clear to me that his family is Whenever someone says their family's better, it means, okay, well, they're not all the way there, which they should be because you've been gay for a bit. Yeah. I mean, I think the other part, every time we, oh, every time I hear a story about a situation where someone comes out to their parents and naturally, the first thing to do is to just love your children and to just be with them, be there for them in any capacity because you just want your children to be happy. But I think in some cases, and I would use like being Nigerian, for example, where we live in a, well, it's a country where you can be jailed for being gay and, you know, it's a religious country. And, you know, just think of people from other countries too, that are really religious. It's a lot for them to process. And I think sometimes it's just allowing that journey to develop again, best case scenario is just, you just accept them. But sometimes you just have to sometimes give them space to go through their thoughts and come to it because they're from a completely different generation and thought process where they don't know. They're not able to handle it with the same way that we can, if that makes any sense. I accept everything you said, but ultimately that journey causes harm. And I just don't excuse the harm that your that the journey that people go on causes to their children. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Just wanted to point out, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just saying, like, sometimes a lot of people are unequipped. Like, even with straight kids coming from, like, some certain cultures, they just don't even know how to deal with emotions or anything at all. Like, they don't even know, forget anything about sexuality. So they're just, like, ill-equipped. And it's unfortunate what happens afterwards. So they talk about that. They bond about that. And then Mael brings him... Um, to the restaurant and said he hopes to make him feel better and hopes he likes the French cuisine. So he orders like foie gras and escargot, which is snails. And he tries it and is actually like, it's not bad. But I was a little like cringy because I'm like, oh my God, this is how foreigners see Americans with like their manufactured cuisine. <laughs> and just having the single taste buds and sort of just trying new things. But I'm glad that he liked it because I was really scared that he was going to be rude about it. But then when he said foie gras is like cream cheese, Maya wanted to die. <laughs> he said it's actually insulting. Like, oh my God, why would he say that? So, Maggie Fiance does that too. Because look, if you go to France and you eat French food, I mean, it's like baked, chick- baked chicken or roasted chicken is French food. You know, there's a wide variety of foods that any American would be like, oh, that's normal. But instead they bring out the foie gras and the escargot to create the TV moment. (laughs) But yeah, we'll see how that goes because clearly as we are right now, Mael is way into Aaron, way into Aaron than Aaron is into Mael, which is unfortunate. Mael is a nice guy. It is unfortunate. And I mean, I am just an optimist about the two of them because I like both of them. And I'm like, please, Aaron, get on board. <laughs> I don't know. If, this is the thing. I'm like, where are these people supposed to settle? Because I can't see Aaron living in France for forever. <laughs> exactly. Is my aunt, does he want to come to the U.S.? These are the things these people should probably be discussing at some point. 
I think that's the other part because it just sounds actually stressful. Yeah. Trying to, well, they're just trying to get to know each other, much less like try to figure out the future. Yeah. Okay. So the last couple that we meet is Naeem and Chandra. So we meet Naeem first and Naeem, okay. Tell me if I'm crazy. I saw in the trailer for the show, and I want to say it was Naeem saying, I'm going to go get my guy. So I thought Naeem was gay. So the entire time they're doing the intro package, I'm thinking he's going to go meet a guy. And then he tells us that he had COVID. He thought he was going to die. And then he had a conversation with God. And then God told him it's time to settle down and he needs to go find a wife. And I thought, again, in my brain, I'm just like, he decided that he's not going to be gay anymore and he's going to go get a wife. And I'm just like, what? I'm so confused. What is happening? So I guess I saw the wrong trailer and he didn't say he was going to go get his guy. But the whole time I went into this thinking that he was gay. So when I saw um, Aaron, I was like, oh, there's two gay guys on the show. But anyway, so Naeem is really religious and he works in a high school right outside of Houston. So that means it's not Houston proper. Maybe Katie, maybe Woodland, maybe Conroe. I don't know. But they don't tell us specifically where he lives. But he tells his coworker that he has to quit his job. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'm like, wow. So they're showing like different pictures of him as he tells his story. And he has a, there's a picture where he's wearing a shirt and he has Nigeria reading on it with a flag. So I'm thinking he was Nigerian, but I'm not sure. And the name Nigerian was not like one that you would expect to hear. Yeah, but uh, I I was thinking he sounded Muslim. So again, when he started talking about um, prayers and stuff, I'm like, okay, I guess he's Christian now. So then he tells us about his dad. And he tells us how in the Muslim culture, when your dad dies, his dad had pancreatic cancer, the oldest son or the sons have to wash the dead body. And then when him and his dad, no, when his dad was sick, his dad was in his deathbed confessing that he's been cheating on their mom for a long time. So when they were washing his dad and he was naked, they looked at his penis and he was like, my dad's penis was so huge. And then he shows it to us in hand measurements. And I'm like... I don't even know what I just watched. I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't expecting this. And I'm just like, why? And then he's like, it made all the sense. I'm like, oh God. Naeem, I don't know why they allowed him to tell that story. I don't know why it was included in the show. It was more than I ever wanted to know about this poor dead man who I've never met in my life. Yeah. I did wonder like, why are you making deathbed confessions? Keep that to yourself and take it to your grave. <laughs> and I also didn't really buy like, I understand that, you know, losing a parent can be life changing. But when Naeem like starts listing out all of his previous activities and then like, oh, I had an epiphany. I don't know. I don't really trust epiphanies. But he said he had it because of COVID. Uh, yeah, I just didn't trust it. I was like, okay, well, COVID's over now. Do you still have your epiphany? Yeah, that's why he's settling down. I really feel like there's epiphanies caused by other things and there's epiphanies by COVID. I feel like COVID was just a a huge change for everyone. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I agree it was a huge change, but I just don't trust a fuckboy to be reformed because of COVID. <laughs> well, I mean, he's religious. That's also could be a red flag. <laughs> so, Okay. Um, 
this is when I knew the show was done a year ago because he was telling the coworker, like, you know how my mom likes to come around for the holidays and she's around. I'm like, this was done a year ago? So that's good because if we get a reunion, that's enough time. You know how I feel about enough time to know, give them enough time to break up is my is my motto. So I would also like to add that teachers typically have two and a half weeks off at Christmas. I don't think that man quit his job. I think he went to go film for Christmas break and that's all I'm saying. 90 days, a 90 days. <laughs> So, um, he's talking with his mom in the house and he tells her about the lineup. And that's when I noticed that the magnet on his fridge had Guyana on it. So my final guess on if it was Nigerian or not is I do think his dad was Nigerian. His dad looked Nigerian in the picture that was shown and his mom was from Guyana based on her accent. Okay. The funny thing is I went to college with someone who was the exact same mom from Guyana, dad, Nigerian. Carry on. Went to college in Houston. Was it Naeem? No. <laughs> she was a girl, so. Oh, okay. Um, so he's telling the mom, and the mom is like, I don't understand what that means. He tells us that he's very close to his mom. It sounds like a codependent relationship, but I don't know. Um, so then he's jogging on the trail. We see sweat marks on his shirt, and Erica is like, it's time to go. She's always so excited. But I want to say that. Erica is a hottie. Like, her fashion sense is top-notch. Like, I liked everything that she wore. And she just seemed like a breath of fresh air everywhere she showed up. She's very likable. I don't know mm-hmm. what work she's doing here, but she's very likable. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they go back home, and he's ready to go. He tried to tell his mom. And this part was really real, because his mom was still in her robe, came out, not smiling, like, just jaw, just set on straight. <laughs> What are you doing? This is stupid. And he tells her I have to go. And then Erica even walks, slithers to his room and is like, your mom seems very mad. <laughs> and <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then he goes and I'm like, I hope this man got to shower because we just saw him sweating and jogging in Houston. So, yeah. So he leaves and he finds out at the airport that he's going to Panama City. Yay. I'm a little excited because I'm going to Panama next year. So I'm trying to look at it and see what to expect. I was excited for you for that reason. I was like, take it to Panama. So we'll see. Um, I wish they told us how it went from, you know, he went from being Muslim to Christian because he said a prayer. He's very religious. And that's a thing that, you know, he asked for. Again, I'm just guessing that they asked for things, but we don't even know if these people, they had to have mentioned things that they wanted. So... I think that's something the show could do better at. Let us know what they asked for. Let Erica tell us why she matched people and what her reasoning was. But I don't know if they're trying not to be too close to maps. Or maybe they want us to just figure it out on our own. Oh, okay. Give us homework. Why don't you? (laughs) Yes. So he gets to the place, um, he gets to Panama, and then while he gets to the taxi, we see a little bit of a language barrier because he's trying to buy flowers, but his Spanish is not the best. And he eventually finds a place and he gets flowers for his future partner, who is named Chandra. Um, I thought that was cute. That was thoughtful. He's like, I'm not going to go somewhere without, you know, taking something for them. So he gets there and he just thinks that she's gorgeous. She's smiling and she's laughing. And she also thinks that he's cute and she's very confident. She's like, he definitely thinks I'm cute. So (laughs) 
because he says that she's gorgeous a lot of times. So they go around the apartment. It's not so large, but then she makes dinner. That pasta looked good. <laughs> it did look good. Chandra is a happy, positive person. Or at yes. least she comes off that way in this initial meeting. Yes. She just comes off as inherently good. Yes. And willing to just try this out. And Naeem is so excited when he sees an open Bible um, on her... On her, I don't know where it was. It was just somewhere on her table or something. And he's like, do you read this every day? And then she didn't lie. She didn't say every day. She goes, most times I try to. <laughs> so he's excited about that. So they try to eat on like the balcony. I think, I guess we call that a patio here. And he, the way they sit, he's tall. It's like your feet are hanging out over the edge on there. And I'm like, that is an experience in itself on how they're eating so they're cracking jokes they're laughing so they seem to be on a good start but Naeem gives me try hard vibes that I think some way or the other he's gonna fuck this up <laughs> they have pretty good initial vibes but we yeah. didn't get to see them because they came in kind of like what in episode three yeah so we haven't seen them as much as we've gotten to see everybody else so i'm still holding out the jury he seems a little corny he seems a little lame but um yeah. we'll see yeah we'll see yeah so i think those are all the couples and you know like we already said i really like it i'm invested to see um we don't have faith that there's going to be a season two i also think this show is probably really expensive uh, yeah i mean flying all over the world <laughs> so yeah well, let us know what you guys think about the show. Are you watching or are you one of those who are not watching, which seems to be a lot of people? But let us know also. And if you check it out, let us know your thoughts. What are the couples that you like? What are just interesting tidbits? But no spoilers because we are watching this till the end. Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you so much for this year. It's been fun, you know, recapping maths for you guys watching, seeing your comments and all that. We hope everyone has a happy holiday. Spend it with your loved ones. And we will be back. For the mass 16th season in January. And we hope you guys still tune in to listen to us. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. I hope all of you have a great holiday and happy new year. And we will see you in 2023. And thank you for listening to us all this year and all the blessings that you've brought upon us. We appreciate all of you for listening. All right, guys. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.